You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who? A fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now please, get off this planet. While you still have a choice. Hey everyone, welcome back to Earth Station Who. We are back for, I guess we'll call it for the next wilderness years. Because <laughs> we don't know when Doctor oh. Who is coming back. So this is the time between times, as we like to say. Thank God we're talking about a time show. So it's it's perfect that we could do that. And we have 55 years of stuff to fill in for however long we need, and we decided to have a little fun with it. And we are going back to 1999, and we are going to be talking about Doctor Who and the Curse of the Fatal Death. It was released for Red Nose Day, or Comic Relief, depending on who you ask, and it was a great production, and actually it was the first appearance of the Ninth Doctor, you could say. Hmm. Or, you know, you could also say this is Stephen Moffat, doing his first Doctor Who. So it's kind of some neat stuff to talk about, and we got a great crew to talk all about it. Let's welcome our guests for this week first. Let's welcome the Herman Brothers. Let's welcome, of course, David and Tom. Hello. Hi, everybody. So you are the one reason we are talking about yeah, this. Yeah, because when you... You know, when you set us like a, a task of, why don't you choose an episode? <laughs> we can't be normal and choose an episode. Of course not. You know, what would you expect from the Geekly Oddcast <laughs> people, you know? So, exactly. you know, I think it it's a fun one. And I hadn't actually heard of it until Doctor Who was back on the air. And it was like somebody had told me about it. And I had to look it up on YouTube at the time. And it was just like, oh, my God, why did I miss this? So <laughs> it's pretty darn awesome. And, you know, I'm glad you guys chose this. Thank you for being You're with welcome. us tonight. Of course. And we have our regulars with us. Let's welcome, of course, Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It's great to be here. And howdy, Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. How are you, my friends? Uh, we are. I am fine. I can't speak for Mary, but I'm I'm okay. <laughs> I'm glad you said we are fine. You I know. know. We are fine. <laughs> we are many. <laughs> We are fine. Okay, well, that's where we're going to be going tonight. It should be an interesting one. Of course, we want to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at eswpodcast at gmail.com and let us know what you guys thought. We did get a piece of email we'll read at the end of the show. So definitely, let's have some fun with this one. You know, let's get started right away because there's only a little bit of Doctor Who news and it's not even anything about the new series yet anything at all other than you know we do have a doctor who birthday to talk about 
the fourth doctor himself, Tom Baker, just had his 85th birthday. Mm. Yeah. Yay, Tom. Oh, many, many, many more. Who? I hope so. I so hope <laughs> someone offered him a jelly baby. <laughs> Who knows how long he'll be around? Mm. You know, oh. it would be interesting to see, you know, I would love to see Tom return as the caretaker just for an episode. That would be really nice. He would, that, that was just a really fun cameo. Oh, it, it would have been great if he didn't ruin that cameo by announcing that he was going to be yeah. on the show. Yeah. Well, I kind of wasn't paying attention to news just so I wasn't spoiled. And so it did sort of catch me by surprise. I, I somehow I, I kind of figured they'd get him on, but you know, I hadn't heard it. Well, it would have been, you know, it would have been fantastic because as soon as you heard the voice, you knew who oh, it yeah. was. And it was, I still melted when I saw him up on the screen. Let me choose. was fantastic. And it was just like, oh gosh. And it made me feel like a little kid again, you know, just because Tom was my first doctor and to hear that voice. And it was just like, oh yeah, that is just amazing. And just, then to see him acting with Matt was awesome. It was just, it was really well done. And it, it was just like, and then to have his big finish adventure. Oh yeah. When he, when he came back to that and he's a, and he's been getting better in his stories too. So it's been uh, getting, they've been ramping up as I've listened to them. I've heard three of them so far and I've enjoyed what I've heard. And I feel like a little kid again, like I said earlier, but just the joy of Tom's doctor. It's like one of the complaints we had about Jody was she was great, but she wasn't the smartest person in the room. And I think that's just Mm -hmm. bad writing. Tom, Tom's doctor, as soon as he walked in, he was the know-it-all. Oh yeah. And it carried over. It's carried yeah. over very yeah, well. Yeah. One of the things with him is when, whenever someone needed to tell him he was wrong, it was, he was always the person to tell him he was wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I have to, I know I mentioned this before cause it's been out for quite a few years now, but, uh, um, when Tom turned 80, uh, big finish came out with a special, uh, interview between uh, Nicholas Briggs and Tom uh, that lasts about, um, I don't know. Uh, it's, I think it's, it feels like over 60 minutes or so, but it is, it is awesome. And so I definitely encourage people. I think big finish is still offering it. I don't know. They were offering, cause when I got it, they were offering uh, signed copies. So I don't know if they're still offering that. So I do have a signed copy by Tom. Um, so yeah, obviously, you know, if you if you want uh, if you want a signed copy by Tom of anything, you should probably get that you know as soon as you can. Um, but uh, I definitely would recommend it. And and also uh, last month on Big Finish's um, Christmas episode, like they do a podcast every month, and when they came out with their their Christmas one, uh, they actually had both Louise Jameson and Tom Baker uh, talk about um, Christmas memories. And and Tom's is just so funny. Um, so I would I would definitely listen to that too. So um, yeah, because you know he's still he's still sharp and he's still witty, 
and he's still what, what most importantly he's still Tom mm-hmm. Baker. Yep, exactly. And he still has it. And you know, did you see the video that he did to release to the fans on his birthday? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's if you I I did see that. Yeah, I was I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that actually. And, you know, 85, he still, he has his, all his faculties. He still has the great wit and sense of humor, still has the ego, <laughs> you know. So Tom is Tom, and it just God bless him. It's just, it's just awesome. Yes. And in the UK, he is a national treasure. I wish, you know, they would knight him. I think it would be great to have <laughs> That would be cool. Actually, yes, but I would, I would, I would. I'm a little surprised they haven't. I am actually shocked they haven't. You know, Sir Tom Baker would be amazing. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) If he wore the scarf to the knighting ceremony would be like the best. Actually, you know, that's an interesting, uh, uh, you know, thing to talk about. Because I I don't think any of the actors that have played the doctor have ever been knighted. And uh, I don't know, I would imagine, I would say that if, if one of them is going to, right now, the front runner seems to be uh, Dave. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I can't imagine right now who they, uh, night before him, yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless Tom, right? I mean, Tom, Tom should be knighted, but then uh, I think, and not to say that, you know, I'm not suggesting that any of them are any lesser, but I would just think if you look at his body of work and the way his career trajectory is going, I could just see, you know, David is going to be a factor in in things for a long time to come. So not that the other well, guys aren't, but, you know, as, as high profile, you know, David's the guy. Well, some very well-known British actors have been knighted recently. I actually, so. well... There, there is actually a trick here. Um, technically, someone oh, who's played right. a doc, the, the doctor, he's right. Has- oh yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. John, I mean, so I mean, I, I know it's no, a no, pure technicality. Right. Yeah, but he was a doctor in one episode. It's okay. <laughs> and a lot of audio adventures now, thanks to be. Okay, fun. actually, I need to know uh, who are we like? Who are we talking about? Because I was thinking Peter Cushing. John, there you go, uh, John Hurt. John Hurt, because Peter Cushing played him in the two I movies. I don't. Yeah, I don't know is if Peter has been knighted. Um. Uh, OBE. Yeah. Okay. It's listed on his uh, wiki page. Yeah. There you go. So, so it must be true. Um, <laughs> everything on the internet is true. Come on. Absolutely. So, no, actually. So, yeah, there's, so there's two. See, there you go. Silly us, two doctors. All right. But one's in canon, the other isn't. This is true. <laughs> yes. So, we also, uh, other Doctor Who news is for local here in Atlanta. Our friends over at Hulanta, uh, coming up the very first weekend in May, uh, have announced their first two guests. Mikey, do you remember who they are? Uh, I do. Um, well, I, I, I don't. I know. I know that one of them uh, is uh, Janet Fielding. 
Um, and, uh, of course, uh, she is Tegan. Right. I was like thinking, I'm like, come on, the name's right there. The name's right now, there. I was pretty sure it was <laughs> exactly. Tegan, but I'm like, I don't want to make myself look like a fool if I get this wrong. <laughs> That's what I was like. I'm like, come on. I know I didn't care for her. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, um, I, I'm with you on that um, one. I not 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 Janet Fielding, Tegan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I, I like Janet Fielding um, because I've seen her in interviews, and actually, I've seen her at uh, conventions before. I was actually um, she she was at the Chicago TARDIS uh, uh, when I was there. So because um, they had all of uh, they had the Fifth Doctor, um, Peter Davison, and all his companions, all three of them. Right. So, and she's one of those. Well, technically he had six. five companions. If you count, if you count. six. Oh, <laughs> I, I do not, ca- I do not count. <laughs> <as a companion. laughs> um, and I, you know, I'm looking to see, I can't remember the other guest is Jason. Hey, Ellery. He is the one of the founders of Big Finish. Yes, he is. Speaking of which, that's why I remembered Chameleon. It's not that I normally do, but the most recent bit, um, episode yeah. they released uh, listed Chameleon as a companion. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but that was listed. Yes, having Chameleon in it just makes me want to <laughs> buy that disc. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no. No, no, no. But I'm excited with the new Missy disc they have. Oh yes, those. Uh, and then of course we're we're only a few days away from the new River Song season becoming available as well. Mm-hmm. The return yes. of Eric Roberts as the master. Yeah, yeah. all it's I like each, all the masters. All say, the masters. Each chapter yeah. is a different master, which is it awesome. really is. Yep. So, so, uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to that. We are way behind on our River Song season, so hopefully we'll use the this wilderness era time to get caught up gotcha. to get caught up on that. But I wonder if we will have time to talk about that on this show. I know, right? you know. Um, actually, I don't know if we because the person I was thinking of, I don't know if we've mentioned him before, but uh, and this was announced. Oh, you're right, and it wasn't just announced; it was announced a few months ago. But uh, Robert Elson uh, is going to be that. Great. <laughs> And he's a costume and prop guy for Doctor Who, and he actually worked on Bohemian Rhapsody too. So, um, uh, or I should say, also because there's not a also yeah, there's not a sequel to Bohemian Rhapsody yet. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, he's going to be there as well. So they've already got like some pretty cool guests uh, for this. What could be the last one? Mm-hmm. This, as of right now, as of this recording, this will be the last two Lanta. And 2019 will be the final. So I'm hoping they're going to go out with a bang. Yep. So far, so good. So, mm-hmm. They've got a so, companion. Yep. They do have a companion. Now let's see if they can get a doctor. So it should be great. And, of course, you could find all about Hulanta at Hulanta.com. And definitely check it out, folks. We've been going to Hulanta, gosh, going almost on eight years now. and. Alan and his crew put on a great, great show and going to be very sad to see them go into the sunset. So, you know, definitely check it out and some great community, great panels, great friends. It's, it's just a lot of fun to go to. 
So it should be really interesting to see what they come up with for their final show. And I think that's all Doctor Who news we got right now. Pretty much. Yep. So let's jump into the curse of the fatal death. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. Going back to March 12th, 1999. Wow. 10 years already. That's pretty. <laughs> no, 20 years. <laughs> oh my saying, God. Wow. wow. I feel even older. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, 20 years. That is just amazing to think about. I was like, Oh, 10 years. That's not that bad. And then I was like, Dummy, look at the year. It's 2019. We're living in the future. Uh, but it's just, it's interesting to see, you know, you had Doctor Who by this point had been off the air for quite About a few years 10, I think. already. Didn't they go out in uh, 89? Yep. And, and the movie, then they... Yeah, the Fox thing was in 96. So this was at a time when... We didn't know if we'd ever going to, I mean, we thought Doctor Who might be like seriously dead, like it, like experiencing its own fatal death because, you know, the, the, the failure of the, 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 the TV movie, um, didn't bode well for the franchise. So, Mm-mm. well, as we keep on saying on the show, the TV movie did extremely well over in the UK. It just, didn't do good here in the United States. So that's why Fox decided not to pick it up and continue with it. Yeah. But unfortunately that that was a lot of money involved. So, Oh, of course. Curious question for you because I don't know, uh, but Fox, you know, owned the rights for that. They made the movie and Fox is being taken up by Disney. (laughs) I see where you're going. that movie is now part of the Disney oeuvre. Well, here's the... I see where you're going. It kind of... This isn't the first Disney product that's crossed over with Doctor Who because they own Marvel as well. And, uh, okay, there's this really weird um, confluence of events. So Marvel was uh, tasked by Hasbro to write the Transformers series. And... um, there was this weird deal worked out with them that any character that appeared first uh, as in the the main Transformers comic or in the show would be Hasbro's. um, And anyone that appeared in a a Marvel comic first would be Marvel's. And they wrote this character called like this robot called death's head that they, yeah, really wanted to make a a Marvel character. uh, So they had him appear in a Marvel comic first, but then because he was, still originally designed to be a part of the the Transformers. He was originally huge. So they needed to shrink him down to like, you know, person sized. And they did so in the pages of a crossover with Doctor Who. The doctor shrank him down using, if I remember correctly, the master's tissue compression eliminator. Yeah, because um, if you remember at the time, the, the Doctor Who comics were being published by Marvel, at least in the States. I think they were, uh, they were, they were published somewhere uh, Were they published by Marvel in the UK as well, but yeah, I know in the Marvel States. UK. So, so yeah, if not for Fox and Marvel, which are both going to be like, you know, have Disney own are, are owned by Disney now. Yeah, that's, but I think, I, I think the BBC has retained all rights to Dr. Who. I don't think there's anything 
that uh, that Fox can or Disney is going to be able to claim because uh, the the TV movie has now been released uh, by BBC Video. Uh, it's all over the BBC website. I mean, they they acknowledge it as as continuity. So there's not that weird sort of you know delay or or trouble like like when the Batman sixty six series is a DC property and that was released by Fox or it was you know run by or uh, it was yeah it was released and produced by Fox. So there's always been legal entanglements with that. But you don't see that mm-hmm. with this. Maybe it's because they don't care. I don't know. Maybe they were just like, ah, you could have it. So it's it's interesting to see because you know the Fox movie is you know be, at least they finally got the rights to it to be able to put it out on DVD and add it to the Doctor Who collections, right? And I know that took a lot of wrangling, but I also know that the only characters that Fox didn't own was the TARDIS and the doctor, everything else in there, obviously, except for the master uh, was owned by Fox. So that's why you've never seen grace or uh, Ching Lee. I think it is. Yes. I don't remember his name really. Yeah. To be able to use those characters in big finish or in the (laughs) comics or anything else. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So, because um, the actress who plays Grace um, has wanted to come back to Doctor Who, and but she can't be the same character. Uh, she could just uh, pull a BBV, go by a slightly different name. They can act like it's all normal. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have people coming back all the time who played other characters. So. <laughs> well, yeah, they've had a couple of doctors come back as other characters. <laughs> Or their companions, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, it happens all the time. So, but yes. I didn't mean for us to go on this huge tangent. I just wanted to point out, though, that it was this, this was like, I mean, this was at a time when we didn't know that we were ever going to get see Doctor Who ever again. So, yeah. so it was ripe for this kind of parody. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. And really kind of a sponsored parody by BBC. So there'd been a lot of other parodies and sketch comedies and all that kind of stuff. But this is the first one that's like, that kind of, you know, was sponsored by the BBC and is considered not necessarily in canon, but it's like, it, it's get, it's gets sort of the seal of like a wink and a nod approval. Well, and it's actually, it's very yeah. faithful to Dr. <laughs> it, True. I, uh, there's an interview with uh, Moffat uh, in the bonus material where he basically says this was written to it's not in canon and it wasn't necessarily written to be considered canon but it was written to 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 work completely within the canon of the show so far oh yeah you can tell that I mean this time you could tell that Steven is a fan I mean he's he's pulling all sorts of references from obscure references from Doctor Who as well as you know tropes from Doctor Who that well known but it's it's interesting the production didn't make the sets the sets were fan made uh, they were made by a for a fan made uh, Doctor Who adventure and then they donated those to uh, um, comic relief to use in this episode so Oh, that's cool. I didn't yeah. know that. So all that money went for the cast instead of the uh, sets. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or, the, or the corridors. Yeah. I, I love one of, my, uh, one of the funniest moments is when they're uh, running through the halls. And, and, the and, long uh, corridors you know, they just Emma keep says, running through. These halls all look the same. <laughs> uh, 
There, there are so many like little dropped references to classic who uh, I think when the doctor's yes. talking about retiring, he's like, you know, he's talking about all the things he's done so many different times, so many different gravel pits. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, I have so I'm so tired of those gravel quarries. <laughs> I'll explain it to you later. <laughs> and even the Dalek used it on her. Oh yeah, yeah. It was so well done, and I loved. It was the same TARDIS set, just with different colored <laughs> yes. lights in it too. Yes, yes. One had a green light, one they had a red. Trying to hide it. No, no, no. no. I, I will say it's got better production values than some of the uh, John Nathan Turner uh, story. Yes, <laughs> horrifyingly it's true. It's better written than a lot of the <laughs> And for 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 a quick side bit of fun, do we do we consider Rowan, Rowan Atkinson a, a doctor? I mean, not technically canonically, but in the same vein as Peter Cushing, uh, also yes. a knight. <laughs> he, makes a, he makes a surprisingly good doctor. <laughs> he was great as oh, the doctor. Fantastic. Yeah, I, he feels very doctorish. Yes, I was actually surprised how much I liked him. It was as one the of doctor. his dreams to play the doctor. So. Um, he obviously at the time was never going to get the opportunity. So when they asked him, he's like, yes, yes, definitely. Yes. Can, can we all thankful that, cause apparently after this, uh, one of the doctors they cycled through and I know I'm jumping ahead was Hugh Grant. He was given first pass at the ninth doctor and thankfully. Oh, thank down. God he turned it down. Well, if you think about it though, he was, we just talked about a couple months ago, the screen. That was, that was Richard. That's Richard. Grant. Richard, oh, no, that was Richie Grant. They're talking. About oh them. God, they're not, sorry. They're not related. Yeah. They, are you sure? They're both. No. They're both yeah. handsome. Although one is handsome and one is quite handsome. Quite handsome. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and actually, it's not the one you think. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, actually, you can tell, and, and maybe this is just because I I know this from behind the scenes. But both Rowan Atkinson and Richard E. Grant are were huge Doctor Who fans, so they they jumped all over this. I don't know about Jim Broadbent, uh, Jim but Broadbent I know had actually that he, played the Doctor before in a sketch. In a sketch, yeah. right? So, but I don't know. And my understanding is is that Hugh Grant was didn't. I mean, he was he had really no connections to the show whatsoever. He just kind of did it because it was fun. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah, I think they 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 said something to the effect of they could get him to do crazy things for comic relief. Like he couldn't say no to them for some reason. Yeah. It's so unfortunate to me that when Richard E. Grant finally does get a chance to do like like to appear is in the in like Doctor Who official canon as a bad guy, he's what the Supreme Intelligence. Um, it really is awful. Like it's just it's it's I mean it's not his fault, but it's just not really done well. Mm-hmm. It's the how they quickly they went through regenerations. It was just like poof, poof. Yeah, I think awesome. he's the only. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but is Richard E. Grant the only one of the five that actually do any that have actually gotten a role in Doctor Who officially? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. And Richard E. Grant had two roles. Uh, actually, I know that Who. Joanna Lumley has done some uh, stuff for Big Finish. Uh, Gotcha. But not in the a fish like not within the show as it since it's come back. 
So, yeah, we know totally there sense. are what three ninth doctors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rowan Atkinson, Richard E. Grant, and uh, um, Christopher Eccleston. That Eccleston oh, that guy. Is. Yeah. Do you really <laughs> count him then? <that>? No. <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, you know. Let's see if we can put him in somehow. Out of all of them, he's the one. The one who doesn't want to admit that he's I a know good he just will not come back for any reason. I mean, I heard that the whole thing with it, him not being in the 50th anniversary is he didn't trust like either the uh, he he didn't trust the script or he didn't trust the director or like he wanted a specific person directing. Um, so we um, if if things had gone differently, we might not have had John Hurt. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think we can all agree that Chris Ragleston is kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, he says a lot of things and and then does his actions are really kind of. uh, Yeah. Like he, so, um, and I don't know if there's been a project that he's worked on yet where he actually speaks what highly of. So, um, so yeah, he's, he's kind of a strange guy and he's starting to do, I mean, he's starting to do conventions now. I mean, he did a, his first convention signing autographs and photos and all that kind of stuff last year. So, you know, he's, he's out there now, uh, along with everybody else. So. Dragon con, if you're listening. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. <laughs> I find that it's really, okay. So I, we have to talk about, you know, that it's written. Of course, we've mentioned that it's written by Stephen Moffat and this is his first time writing a Doctor Who thing for the BBC, right? So he's a big fan. He finally gets a chance to to write this, and you know it, it's really telling. I think it's like it, it it's it's pure Stephen Moffat because it's full of references. Um, it deals like he has already at this stage. He's already like doing stuff with time that is just mm-hmm. really inventive and fun. Um, like like death doesn't mean a thing in this. And, uh, you know, I think uh, you can all, and he has so many references that never pay off. <laughs> so it really is like, it is like a, already like a perfect Stephen Moffat. Oh yeah. Look, look at some of the stuff that shows up later. I mean, like the, the, the I'll explain later. Uh, the, the, the universe can't live without the doctor. Uh, the, uh, the number of uh, truncated plot lines. Uh, and of course the really bizarre one is I realized watching this, um, he, the, one of the other ideas he's going to rob through from this one for a later episode is uh, having the master crawl through a sewer in a Dalek episode. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that at least in part, I feel like part of this script came after like Stephen Moffat watched uh, the Bill and Ted movies and decided, wouldn't it be funny if the doctor and the master played this game? <laughs> it could be. Hey, good. Ted. You got to remember to leave the tape. <laughs> <laughs> but only one of us can go back first. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there was. I was definitely kind of amused as I'm sitting here going, like, "I'm watching a, a, a Bill and Ted sketch with the Doctor and the Master." I'm not complaining, but it's mm-hmm. definitely what I'm getting right now. <laughs> well, even think about it. You had a character who got really old in this, and then all of a sudden he was young again. Yep. <laughs> They had that mm-hmm. with Moffat also. We we talked about um the uh the the guys that played the doctor, but I mean Jonathan Price is just awesome. Oh, I mean, he was awesome. He's so good and and uh yeah, I just I just I actually perfect. just watched 
for the first time uh, last week, I watched Something Wicked This Way Comes. And uh, it's a Disney movie with uh, Jonathan Price, And he's just like, he's just good. Like he's I, actually, he's just great. Like he's always fun. He's, you know, he knows when to choose scenery and when to pull back. And, you know, even when he's being funny, he's still all in. Like he's invested in it. Like when he's the old man, he's like, he's just so good. With the walker. (laughs) (laughs) That was just awesome. I'll follow after you. He's totally (laughs) selling it. He's great. Yeah, he's totally committed. Oh yeah. He's also a Bond villain, if you think. No guys. Try to forget that movie, but yes, he's He's a Bond villain. He's also the equivalent of isn't he the equivalent of the Pope in the Game of Thrones? Like isn't he? Yes. 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 He is. Uh, yes. yes, he is. Yep. He's. <laughs> yes. He's the creepy. Well, not, it, not anymore on the show. <laughs> I didn't. Hey, <laughs> hey, I didn't go into spoilers here. You did. <laughs> hey, look, anybody on Game of Thrones is like. Fair game. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. So um, it took me a like, I think the first few times I watched this, I had no idea that Emma was played by. Uh, um the the uh the girl from absolutely fabulous i didn't realize that until um i was reading as the absolutely fabulous wiki earlier today and i was only reading it because of <laughs> joanna lumley that one she i knew was from absolutely fabulous right right so you've got a doctor who absolutely fabulous two connection two connections to absolutely fabulous well and also she was in she was in the show that stephen moffat moffat had on the air at that time oh really called press gang oh, cool. was, and she was in that but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> she's fun as a companion and uh i mean she does everything that you know and then but i find it interesting that you know they uh now they'd already broached this subject with the the tv movie and this kind of maybe makes fun of it but the fact that you know the doctor and the companion are are actually like you know what do they call it um like uh, like had her in the dark <laughs> right the only companion I've ever had you've had lots of companions no the only companion I've ever had oh oh god I don't but know yeah. what your problem with Joanna Lumley that was though I'm like. I, I think it's playing off of their relationship in Absolutely Fabulous, though. <laughs> now that I know that she, that, that uh, um, she was part of that show, her reaction makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah, that's true. She was like, ah, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it's not her mom. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of more settings on the sonic screwdriver that I didn't know. About. Ooh, it has three settings. <laughs> Actually, funny, funny line. Um, uh, when uh, when Gillette came out with the that vibrating razor back uh, when I was in college, like just because it was supposed to work better, a buddy of mine bought it, and I made that joke like, "Ooh, it has three settings," and he could not bring himself to ever use it. <laughs> 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 that is the line Tom and I most remember from this uh, this episode is that line there are a couple of others but that's the one that gets quoted 
You know, there's other reasons they call me the master. <laughs> I, 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 I'll explain yeah. it later. I think the best build for a joke was the etheric beam locators. <laughs> and they're firm. What are you trying to apply? <laughs> I think I see the on button. <laughs> What's so funny about that is that they keep like they keep referencing they just they just like talk about beat a dead horse. I mean, they just keep like every incarnation of the Doctor like mentions it. Like it's just constantly like all building up to Joanna Lumley going, "Ooh, I've got a Eric Beam locator." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like boom. <laughs> There's the payoff. Mm-hmm. Uh- I've seen this probably at least a dozen times, and every time the master falls into the sewer, I just <laughs> lose it. Yeah, the the one that always gets me is when the Dalek pushes, like bumps into it. Like, that, <laughs> exactly. like yeah. I just can't. That that uh, yeah, I lose it. It works every time. For nine hundred and thirty six, <laughs> as he goes by on the walker. <laughs> <laughs> And he's spitting out the sewage oh, out of his mouth. It's just like, oh, oh God! It was—it's just awesome, and I love it when he says they've augmented me. And he pulled the glove off, and he has the plunger. <laughs> and she's like, "What are you going to use that for?" And he couldn't answer. I, I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's because of that scene that when they got around to Dalek, they had to have an answer for that. I wouldn't doubt it. I truly wouldn't doubt that. You know, it's always been one of the f- funny things. They conquer the universe and fix toilets at the same time. I still time. think it's amazing that one of the best Dalek cliffhangers ever um, is the one from uh, Remembrance of the Daleks when the cliffhanger is, these things can climb stairs. But it's terrifying because right. they've never been able to do it before. Well, actually, let's. I mean, since we're you're talking about the Daleks, this is uh, Roy Skelton's last, uh, I guess, on TV um, voicing of the Daleks. Um, he did not make it to the new series, um, so this was his last production um, for as a, as doing the voice of the Daleks. Not. To take- wow! Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm just going to go cry in a corner. <laughs> but well, oh. we've mentioned Joanna Lumley, but uh, it's worth pointing out this is the hey, this is the first time uh, this is the, the the first woman to play the Doctor in a BBC licensed production. Uh, Jodie Whittaker is in fact the third, um, and uh, yeah, she's playing the thirteenth Doctor. That's so weirdly. Yeah, that's- prophetic predictive like so strange like when it, it i think this is the first time i watched it well of course because yeah this is the first time i've seen it since since jody was hired so th- before that it wouldn't have made any difference and it wouldn't have i wouldn't have been able to connect it of course but now i'm like how weird is that like that's just so bizarre it's a it's just one hell of a coincidence and really fun or, or for that. Moffitt, or or Moffat or is or it? is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> did Moffat make the final decision for Jody, or did that go with? Um, I always forget his name. Um, yeah, Chibnall. Chibnall. Chris Chris Chibnall yeah. was his. 
Yeah, yeah, it was. I think, I think it was crazy. And you can say Moffat paved the way, but again, in the the interview they did with him, he's like they were knocking around this idea at the end of the the original series. So it, this is was not a new idea. Um, honestly, it's an idea that was more than uh, twenty years old uh, by the time they actually did it. One thing that uh, I am interested to, I mean, I, I'm, I don't wish uh, Jody a fast exit by any means, but I am very curious as to what happens after, like, like the 14th doctor, what does that look like? So. Million. But even, even that's not answered in this. No, no, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> that said, if the uh, if the thirteenth uh, uh, Doctor starts uh, traveling around the universe with the Master, I'm going to start, you know, <laughs> looking very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is interesting how in New Who, uh, especially under well, I guess under um, RTD a little bit, but then really under uh, uh, the Moffat era is that the the Doctor and the Master seem to have much more of a closer relationship than adversaries. Yeah, well, I think uh, RTD was trying to do that, but he never put in the groundwork to doing it. So when the when he tried to have the the Master have like a redemption storyline, there was no reason for us to believe it. Um, and right. then and th- that's one of the few things uh, you can say that Moffat carried through on well is he actually made Missy more complex than just a psychopath. I have a quick question, and I don't mean to take us back a step, but when we say, um, you know, Jody is the 13th, um, and, and once again, I feel like I'm pulling off the actually, um, I actually, I mean this as a question. Um, I know canonically for the longest time, we always thought of Eccleston as the ninth doctor, but then they threw in John hurt in between the eighth and the ninth so that kind of shifted everything forward so so, so jody is the, the 14th face for the 15th regenerate i mean the well the, also the 14th yes. regeneration for the 15th ta- you know body as it were because uh um uh, peter uh, uh no uh uh yeah david tennant got had two. um yep but uh the whole writing of it was that John Hurt, uh, Hurt's character never called himself an official doctor, and the rest of the doctors do not consider him to be one. Uh, yeah, that's why he's called the War Doctor. Right. So, yeah, so just, because they didn't really we, so want to renumber all that branding. They don't right. want to do that all re- rebranding <laughs> after that. And I will give Moffat credit for a, he did a lot of damage to story potential storylines and other things like that. But he did bypass the whole argument of, well, is this a good stopping point for the show? True. I wonder because isn't it uh, like at this point, don't isn't wasn't it sort of canon that there was only going to be that there was only thirteen? Uh, yep, technically, but I feel like in the in the, the 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 final Matt Smith or like the the movie, they kind of played around with how many he potentially had. Oh no, it was it was overt. Matt Smith's final episode gave him um, a completely new set of regeneration. Right, right, right. But before that, at this time when this is written, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I Joanna Lumley would have been the I, last Doctor. Right, I, right. But also, you know, even like during Matt's era, when he appeared like on Sarah Jane Adventures, yes. he was like joking around saying, 
uh, I think it was Clive was asking him like, how many times have you regenerated or how many can you? And he says, Oh, I could regenerate thousands of times, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And, kinda, yeah. yeah. He, Moffat kind of threw that already starting to throw it out the window. And, you know, during the fourth doctor, if you remember horror Fang rock, no, actually mm-hmm. brings more. Beats. Oh, that one was a, Sorry. that's a head trip. <laughs> yeah, where they show all the different regenerations and yeah. they just threw in different uh, people who were on the crew <laughs> yeah, right. as the doctor. <laughs> You're like, who are these guys? <laughs> so it's just like, because it, it, it was always the question, was even the William Hartnell doctor the first one? Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, so, of course, he used to say, I am the first, the original, you might say. The fan say. theory yeah. is that, yes, William Hartnell is definitely the first one. And the reason they all cite this, and there's this entire there's this entire fanon thing built up around it, uh, is that uh, the, the first Doctor is shown to have a normal pulse. Uh, so there's the, the fan theory is that the Time Lords do not get the second heart until their first regeneration. Wow, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, wow. I've never yeah, heard that. it's it. I don't even remember which episode it said in, but there's this entire theory built up around it. Hmm. Well, I, you know, I think I, I'll say on record that I always want William Hartnell to be the first. I don't want to ever have a story where uh, that they say, "Oh, there was one before that." You know, I think it was kind of interesting to, and it was necessary. Because Chris didn't want to, you know, Chris didn't want to play in the sandbox uh, again. So they, they, Stephen was forced to create uh, the War Doctor. But other than that, let's just move forward. Like All I don't right. want to well, see a thing. My question for you then is, what do you think of the Carmel Master Plan? I don't. I don't want to see. I don't want to see Doctor Who the the origin years or the year one or early years or prequel series of Doctor Who. I just. I just don't. But how about a Doctor Who 2099? Oh, well, no. no. <laughs> Stop pointing at me. No, you pointed first. No, you pointed. That is quite possibly my favorite end credit scene ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> we won't say anything more because we don't want to speak. Um... Like we haven't been doing the other things on this show. Oh, so good. So good. But. But yeah, it was, this was a lot of fun and it must have been thrilling to see, like, not knowing what was coming, to see Tom's opening and the music. Mm-hmm. And just to, you know, oh, Doctor Who is back. Oh, and then, and then just hear, oh, 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 you know, and it's like you have your, you know, you've had your microphone on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> You've turned off the picture, but I can still hear you. <laughs> still hear you. <laughs> I do that, and that is such, that's such a doctor and master thing to say to each other. <laughs> yeah. But what, what's great about it is that it holds up. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's funny. It's great to watch. I mean, really, they put a lot of effort into this twenty-minute thing. The, the doctor, yeah, it's a parody, but they're all like giving it. They're all they're all really selling it. It's well written. Yeah, and it feels like a Stephen Moffat episode. And it probably was not expensive to create. They used the same sort of a, sets. Especially when you have a genius set. plot, tw- the, like plot moment when it's like when there's a like the the whole joke they did earlier with uh, going back and bribing all of these aliens 
comes full circle later on when you realize, yeah, we established that the doctor and the master can speak this language, uh, this horrible, horrible language. <laughs> yes. What? It's do? What, what are you trying to say? Sorry, I'm going to be a little bit. <laughs> can I get a different scene? Yeah. <laughs> Why do Daleks have seats on their spaceship? I'll count you later. <laughs> There's another one they ro- that Moffat robbed for a later episode. The uh, yeah, the like. Look, I mean, I always think as a as a writer, like you really have to dip down if you're doing fart jokes. I did think that the 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 fact that the um, the race on Tursurus uh <laughs> died uh you know they became extinct because they discovered fire i thought that was really funny uh but uh then the rest of it like that you know the the communication between the doctor and the and the master was the only part of that that i found somewhat amusing is when uh when <laughs> master was like what and, and she's like i'm sorry that was me. uh it was like but uh yeah i mean yeah fart jokes i could do without but yeah, you're clenching too much. Yes, relax. I guess even the English are not above, you know. Oh, fart definitely jokes. not. Above all, no, the English no, are not above fart jokes. So it's interesting, Mary, when you said that it still holds up because I was thinking, yes, because the tropes are still there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it feels very Doctor Who. I, mean, I think there now. are, in general, fewer quarries now. There are still quarries, though. I can't argue that. <laughs> there are still quarries. They can't, they can't get rid of those. Oh, no. You know, you did see the New Year's special when, you know, the army fought a Dalek in the quarry. Yeah. Well, to me, the, the, to me they uh, unintentionally spoofed it back in uh, the end of time. Because uh, when we saw the master at the time, uh, before, the doctor had set up some kind of uh, funeral pyre. And, and in the middle of this quarry location, and because of in that episode what we had seen, it looked like he had taken the, the master back to the end of time and set up the pyre there, because uh, that was the only location like that in that episode. Um, but then um, when when the end of time comes around, it turns out it was just he just took the master to a random quarry on Earth somewhere and <laughs> gave him a pyre, and that's how uh, the master's minions were able to find his ring or whatever it was. Yes. And he came back like Harry Potter or something. Like oh that. God. No, <laughs> you cannot rip into that episode more than Tom and I have ripped into that episode. <laughs> uh, one of the cool things with this also is that Richard Curtis, who produced this also wrote Vincent and the doctor. Oh, later on. I did not catch that one. Aha. Uh-huh. See? Where's your notes now, dudes? <laughs> <laughs> See? It just it's pretty awesome, you know. So it's all tied in together and this is just a right. lot of fun. As we say, it is a small island, right? So there's only so many people that they have to work in the industry. So there's going to be a lot of overlap. Yes, Doctor Who, even you can appear in a plastic alien suit. You know? <laughs> but I like the fact that, you know, I think I like the fact that, you know, Stephen is a fan. It's written. It's fun. It pokes fun, but it's full of love. Uh, so you can really enjoy this. It's not it's not mean spirited. It's not biting. It's not, you know, I mean, certainly there have been 
Doctor Who parodies over the years that have been less than complimentary. Um, but this is this is all in good. Yeah, form. even the uh, even the, the Doctor dying multiple times over was a uh, um, kind of a spoof because Russell T Davies and to a lesser extent Stephen Moffat were of the opinion that uh, the fifth, sixth, and seventh Doctors didn't have long lifespans compared to the previous ones, like. Tom Baker canonically is, is, you know, several hundred years old by the end because by the, the, his, by, uh, the number on his diary when he meets Romana. But, uh, all the others, I mean, it's starting with, uh, Peter Davison. It's like he's accounted for the entire time. He has the same chain of companions. So how long was he really around? That's why Russell T. Davies did the whole 900 years old and kept a- advancing it one year for each season. Oh, that was frustrating. Well, the fun thing with it is, you know, a friend of our show is a guy named Rich Morris. He did this comic strip called The Ten Doctors. (laughs) Yes! I've read this. And and it is a brilliant, brilliant uh, strip. And it ties in almost every single character who's been in Doctor Who. And I love when they meets the ninth doctor and they're talking, he's talking about Rose and she goes, well, you're only 904. And all the older doctors go only 904 liar, liar. (laughs) (laughs) Don't they do something like, yeah, you must be having like, you you were 900 back when you were having that midlife crisis. And the sixth doctor comes in like midlife crisis. (laughs) Exactly. It is it is just purely awesome. <laughs> and there's just so much good stuff, you know, out there for Doctor Who fans. And this just showed it. And that's what I loved about it. And, you know, there's good, fun Doctor Who stuff that might not be in canon, but it's still a lot of fun. And that's what, you know, we have a lot of time to fill up with Doctor Who now. So we're going to have fun. And this is the beginning of it, folks. <laughs> Basically, we're really <laughs> bingo. There you go. Start going through the BBB audience. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's so true. All right, we've been talking about this for a while. Do we want to give this ratings? Let's do it. One out of five Tardises. One being the worst. Five being the best. This is not an ordinary rating, so be gentle, folks. <laughs> All right, let's have Mary go first. Oh, I totally give it five Tardises. <laughs> it's 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 just so much fun. It's just it's hilarious to watch. And I mean, yes, it's crude and silly, but you know, so Doctor Who is crude and silly sometimes. I mean, it's just it's perfectly in the spirit of Doctor Who, and and I think that's what I love about it. And it and it's you know, it still hold holds up. I would show it to people today. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. All right, Tom. I, I give it uh, five Tardises as well, along with uh, two Dalek plungers. Way up. <laughs> I, uh, I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoy this as much as uh, the first time I watched it. There's uh, probably a bit more I enjoy now, knowing more about who now than I did when I think first time around seeing this. But um, I, I agree, definitely would uh, would share this with uh, just about anyone who loves Doctor Who and. Uh, We'll definitely watch again in probably sometime in the immediate future. That is awesome. Judy hasn't actually seen it yet, so I'll probably end up watching it with her. Oh yeah, she's gonna she'll love it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She'll be like, 
either that or I don't get it. You know, what did they mean by that joke? You know, it's like, it's old Doctor Who, hun. I'll, They're fart jokes. I'll, ex- you can I'll get explain them. it to you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David. Uh, definitely uh, five TARDISes out of five. Uh, and I've seen a couple of attempts at uh, spoofing Doctor Who, and some have been pretty good. Uh, and But the, the best are the ones that don't, that, that are very loving in how they do it. They don't, they don't cut the show down in the effort of making a joke. And I think this one hits that point. Uh, that, 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 that level um, where everything that is done is done out of love for the show. And that makes a difference and it comes through. And it, it doesn't hurt that the jokes really cracked me up. No, totally understand that. Agreed. All right, Mikey. Yeah, I'm, I'm five. Five TARDISes. Uh, it's funny. It's in, it's in good taste. It's in, uh, it's good spirit. It's not mean spirited at all. Uh, it's, it's fun to watch. I, I, yeah, I can watch it over and over again and, uh, it predicts the future. (laughs) Like, like, like that's amazing. Like that it does that. So, um, yeah. Yep. Totally understand that. All right. I'm going to go along for the crowd. I'll do five also. (laughs) There we go. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that was my phone, which I made the, the really unprofessional thing of not sitting, uh, putting on mute, but it could not have come at better timing. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. It's interesting because a lot of people, you know, haven't seen this. And if you want to see this, it's right up on YouTube, which is. Yep. It's usually the now, best way. There is a there is a video release for this too. Or uh, I had it on uh, VHS originally, and it just got re released. I want to say in 2017. Okay, so I'm just curious as if the what the DVD has. I mean, is there a? I mean, they're really good at doing bonus features, so I would imagine that there's like good content with it. I mean, there's I probably a bunch of it. other. Um, uh, spoofs from over the years as well. Just say there's not dimensions in time. Please let there not be yeah. dimensions in time. Uh-huh. I would say I, I would definitely point. say that the Doctor Who crossover with uh, Absolutely Fabulous was much better than the Doctor Who crossover with uh, which one was it? Because um, that's what dimensions in oh, time East, was. EastEnders? Yeah, EastEnders. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because it actually has, you know, some of the older doctors in it. And it's like some of their, I think it's what Pat, it's uh, which is John Pertwee's last appearance as the doctor, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. So official, well, not even officially, because there was also that fan film that they did with the doctor, what is it, 2B or whatever. And he appeared in that too, but that's for another story yeah. for another time. I mean, Birchwee was on stage for a long time too, and uh, then he would then uh, uh, Colin Baker took over for him when he left the stage show. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's um, interesting, and you know, if this uh, goes on long enough that we don't get new Doctor Who, we might actually be looking at dimensions. Oh, no! Nah, count me oh, out for that God. one. It's still better than Trial of a Time Lord. <laughs> well, so 
yeah, I mean, I'm not it sure. might be better than uh, Time and the Ronnie, but... Okay, this is an interesting question, though. All right, so as far as uh, mini episodes that were released for charity, like the Children in Need or um, you know the the Red Nose Day stuff, like is this your favorite or like because there was also Time Crash, uh, also yeah. Moffat, uh, Night of the Doctor, isn't that Moffat as well? Um, and then I think there's been a few others, but. I would say Night of the Doctor was a nice touch, but, you know, it was more valuable just for that, uh, you know, seeing the the Eighth Doctor again. It wasn't as good as this. Uh, Time Crash, I remember being really good. Um, I But Time Crash was very much, uh, a, you know, a fun romp in its own time period, as opposed to this being a fun homage to Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Again, time crash being a little bit uh, predictive in the fact that you know he's talking, to, he's acting with his f- future father. <laughs> touche, touche. Well, it's like the the meme that's going out there. Somebody asking Peter Davison, "What is the best thing a Doctor Who fan has ever given you?" He looks at them and says, "A grandchild." <laughs> 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 Talk about your small island. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's interesting stuff. All right, we did get a piece of email. Um, let's pull that up real quick. And it is from Bill Lemon. And Bill wrote Hi, Whovians. I have seen that episode. He's referring to spiders in the UK. And while I enjoyed parts of it, especially Yaz and Ryan, but I can't actually recall how it ended. I've actually watched a few of the other episodes after listening to you all discuss them. And that didn't lessen my enjoyment at all. I'm happy you called my attention to some of these episodes. Thank you for taking time and effort to talk about what you love enough to want to see it done as well as possible. Thanks again. Bill. Thank you, Bill. Bill. Thank you, Bill. So it's always great getting emails from our listeners and please keep them going. Make sure you're listening to us during this next long, long time. (laughs) So please write us at eswpodcast at gmail.com. We would so appreciate it, folks. It's yeah. If there's something that you want us to cover, I mean, we've got time. So let us know yeah. what you want us to cover. Nothing but time. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's been great, you know, getting these emails and it's, it's just always great, you know, stuff from people that, you know, these are people we don't even know, which is awesome. That means people are listening to us. That's so excited, <laughs> but it's awesome. And, you know, it's just a great, experience sharing our love for doctor who it showed tonight with us talking all about you know the curse of fatal death it's pretty darn awesome okay let's go ahead and thank our guests for joining us and bringing this one to us tom david thanks you're you're most welcome (laughs) (laughs) this was quite enjoyable (laughs) i enjoyed it very much so where can people find you guys? So uh, we are the Brothers Herman of the, the Geekly Oddcast, um, a 
show about uh, television, gaming, and whatever comes to mind. Uh, and my particular side of it is uh, actual play role-playing games. Uh, so you can find us on the, our podcast, Geekly Oddcast. We are on Facebook. Uh, the page uh, is the Geekly Oddcast and Otter Worlds. Um, and Tom, did you? do we have uh, another one? Uh, I mean, you can find us on Twitter. Otherwise, you can find us through the, uh, the ESO webpage. Thank you. I was waiting for you. <laughs> it's like, and, and. <laughs> no, no, no. Got to stretch out. Okay. But thank you, guys. You guys do a great show. I listen every time you guys put out a new one. And we'll be back soon. We are on hiatus at the moment, but we're just building up a catalog for 2019. Perfect. And, of course, let's thank our regulars. Mary, as always, it's been great. Oh, thank you for having me. This was really fun to talk about. I hadn't watched it in a long time, and it and I really enjoy it every time. It's a lot of fun. Where can people find your artwork? You can find me at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVisionArt. Fantastic. And Mr. Mike. As always, it's my pleasure. It's always great talking Doctor Who with you, my friend. Absolutely. And what uh, that's what got us to the, that's what brought us to the dance nine years ago. Yeah, God, nine years ago. Wow, better than twenty. <laughs> Good point. Good point. So it's uh pretty awesome, you know, being able to talk to you guys at home, and you know, we definitely are going to be bringing you know a lot to you over the next year or so. And, you know, we are just hoping, you know, that you guys are still enjoying it. Like Mike said earlier, if you guys have anything you want us to talk about, we already have plans for some big finish. We already have plans of some classic series. We have some, you know, maybe might even do a book review. We never know. Uh, we might go into some of the, you know, further adventures that they put out or, you know, some of the things from the wilderness years makes me feel like we're there now again. So, it's just it's just interesting to do. So definitely write us at eswpodcast at gmail.com. All right. That's going to wrap it up for tonight. You can uh, find us up on social media. We There's a Earth Station Who Facebook group. And we also have a Twitter. So, you know, we're up on some of those places. And you can always listen to our show up on any of your favorite media players. We are even up on Spotify now. So definitely look for us. And Leave us feedback. That's another way to let people know that you guys are listening. So that's the best way we could do it. So we will be back again in two weeks. And we are going to be talking. You ready for this, folks? We're going back to the Tom Baker era. We were just talking about Tom earlier in this episode. Happy birthday, Tom. Exactly. Happy, happy birthday from all of us. And we are going to be looking at Full Circle. That's right. The episode that brought Adric to the fold. No! <laughs> yes, we are looking at eSpace Trilogy. Are we going to eSpace? We are going to eSpace. It's like, figured, you know, it's been a while since we saw Tom dressed in red, so let us see what he's like. <laughs> Until then, my name's Mike Faber. It's been my pleasure to talk to each and every one of you, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. And we're done. <laughs> Boom. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, 
or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. What is the Geekly Oddcast? It's a panel show of television... I mean, seriously, where else was I supposed to go and watch Gomez Adams ride a rocket ship on a railroad track? Gaming. And the dice say... 17. Oh my god, 17 is Mystic Quest. And whatever comes to mind. Why does Zod need a starship? Alternating Thursdays on the Geekly Oddcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.